Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Trust Again. I have found over the years of coaching amazing people all over the world that one of the biggest secrets that we keep in life is how we have felt or been betrayed because it feels so awful. And many times we feel like, is it our fault? He knows it's something I did to have this person betray me in this way. And of course, when someone does something unthinkable, there is just all kinds of shame, right? And our ego takes a hit to that, right? And we wonder if we're worth anything. We wonder if, you know, if I could have been different or been better, would this have happened? I mean, these are all thoughts that come up for people when they've been betrayed by a loved one. And so we tend to hold it in, right? And because we hold it in and when we hold in shame, like shame operates by being held in, right? When we expose shame or bring it into the light or talk about it, that shame energy can really move out. But when we constrict and contract and hold that shame in, it just grows and grows. And it can be, it can feel all encompassing. So when we've been betrayed, we can really struggle with trusting again. Like if the people that are supposed to love me the most do something awful or betray me, like how am I supposed to trust anybody in the world? And not even just other people, but but how do I trust myself? Like I should have seen that coming or how did I trust this person? And then they did this awful thing. Like I must... I must have a problem, right? Like I must not recognize an untrustworthy person. So we question ourselves, we question other people, you know, and, and all of a sudden this, the world feels a little more dangerous, right? It feels a little more like I got to protect myself if I'm out there in the world. And my guest today and dear friend, Debbie and I talk all about betrayal and trust. And we're going to give you some tools where you can understand where you are in this process, if this has happened to you. And sometimes like Debbie talks about in this interview, people get stuck in this process, like at a certain stage, and they never are able to like kind of clear through that stage and get to a place of healing. So this is all from this place of let's be more free, right? Let's move out any shame or sadness or lack of trust and really step forward and heal. So today, Dr. Debbie Silver is on the show. She's the founder of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute, and she is a holistic psychologist, a health mindset, and personal development expert. She's also the author of the number one best-selling book, The Unshakable Woman, Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Life Crisis. And her new book is called Trust Again. Her recent PhD study on how we experience betrayal made three groundbreaking discoveries that changed how long it takes someone to heal from betrayal. 
In addition, she's been on Fox, CBS, The Dr. Oz Show. She's been on TEDx twice. And she's an award-winning speaker, coach, and author who is truly dedicated to helping people move past their betrayals, as well as any other block preventing them from health, work, finances, relationships, confidence, and the happiness that they want most. So with no further ado, my friend, Dr. Debbie Silver. Debbie, welcome to the show. Always great chatting with you. I know, we're having you back. It's been, gosh, a while. I feel like over a year, a year and a half, and I am thrilled to have you on the show this time to talk about your brand new book that is, you know, so important. Like talking about betrayal, talking about trust, talking about these subjects, Um, These are the things I think we tend to shy away from and the things we most need to be talking about. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Trust is one of those big, heavy topics. So, so is betrayal. Right. (laughs) We tend to be like, yeah, let's put that over here, except for, you know, if we're not talking about it, it's at work in our life and we're not Mm -hmm. healing from it. So maybe for those who haven't heard your initial uh, uh, episode on the podcast, tell us a little bit about how one starts studying betrayal and becoming interested in the subject of betrayal. Yeah. You know, I don't think anybody says, Hmm, I think I just want to study betrayal. It's sort of like you have to. And, you know, that was my story. I had a, a, a horrible family betrayal and then thought I healed, but I guess I didn't learn all I was meant to learn. So I had another opportunity to learn. And this time it was my husband, Uh, devastated, blindsided, like anybody else. And um, I realized, you know, I I never took my needs seriously. It was about everybody else, four kids, six dogs, you know, this this huge business. And I'm like, no, 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 now it's about me. And, uh, you know, betrayal has you questioning everything. And that was one of the questions I had. And I said, okay, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm so desperate to understand transformation because I was doing it. I didn't really understand it. and And I also wanted to learn why people do the things they do and how the mind works. So I enrolled in a PhD program in transpersonal psychology, psychology of transformation and human potential. And while I was there, I studied betrayal. And um, that study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my business, my family, all of it. So so what were some of the changes that were going on as you were as you were learning about betrayal yourself, like how was this evolving for you personally? You know, it was, it was so interesting because as I was doing, well, first here I was, I, I, I was really concerned about the kids because actually my husband was the one who told my kids. And, you know, if anything is going to shock you and wake you up and have you realize what really matters, it's, it's something, it's something like that, you know, because they were all naturally, you know, so angry and upset and, and all of it. And he, uh, he knew he had a lot, a lot of work to do, you know, with the, the only the hope we had, he had nothing else to go by that um, he could learn and, and make a, a true transformation out of this and, and do something good with it. So, I mean, I really was at the time seeing private clients and I would see clients and then deal with the kids and then crash clients, kids crash clients, kids crash. And, um, and then I moving towards that program and the study, it helped me really understand 
things on, on a deeper level. And I was applying everything I learned and, and it was working. So then I would see clients and they would say, you know, they were either medicating or, or drinking or numbing in whatever way they could. And, and they would all ask like, how are you doing this? And, and I would look at them and saying, I, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure, but I, I was documenting what I was doing and it was really based on what the study was proving we need to heal. And I was kind of testing it myself. And one thing led to another, led to another, and, and, and the healing was real. And when I saw it was working for them, I said, okay, well, you know, if it's working on a one-on-one basis, this is too good to keep to myself. What would happen if I shared this? But then it was, of course, all that fear of being so vulnerable because oof, this was, this was tough stuff to share. But, uh, I'd made the decision reluctantly. I had a coach who just called me out on it one day. You know, he said, just stop hiding behind your study already. <laughs> and I knew, and I knew it was time just to uh, just to get over myself and, and share it. And listen, people are gonna say what they want, but my interest was in reaching the people who needed this message. And uh, and it really worked. I mean, they were they were hearing it and they were you know, they were moving towards healing and it just, it, it just took off. And what was the thing, like just in your own personal journey, cause you had, you know, two, like you said, with your family and then your mm-hmm. husband, like big betrayals in your life. Mm-hmm. Was there anything like, cause you're a very self-aware person and like, I could imagine you going through this and kind of being able to step back and witness yourself too. Like, how am I, like, look where I'm processing, look where I'm going in my head. Like, look how I'm, you know, dealing with this. Was there anything that surprised you about this idea of betrayal or your reaction, emotional reaction, mental reaction, like when you went through this? You know, there were so many emotions, so many responses. And I think one of the things I did was I I gave myself grace. You know, I gave myself the space to say, even though I'd been through death of a loved one, I'd been through disease. I was in the ICU for 11 days. I mean, nothing rocked my world like this. And I, and I kind of gave myself that space to say, anything goes, you know, now it's about you take care of the kids, take care of your clients and, and, and take care of yourself and and see what shows up. You're going to have a roller coaster ride of emotions and they're all meant to be expressed. You've been through something completely traumatic. And there was something about giving myself that permission. Uh, it was it, it really helped. And I dove into anything I could to help understand this. So between the study and then I was uh, just, you know, I'd already had 10 years of spirituality under my belt, which I'm convinced saved me. Because from a, from a human perspective, there wasn't one ounce of any of this that was okay, but it was the spiritual side, you know, where all those questions came up, like, well, what if this is meant for something else? And, and what if I can heal from this and do something really good with it? And, and what if, you know, we both sort of had this soul contract to, which is, and I'll share that story too, to, to go through this so that we can both transform and do something really good with something really bad. What if? You know, and it was just asking myself those questions that let the healing just happen and and let this new identity kind of be birthed. 
Beautiful. And what was that soul contract between you and your husband? This was so funny because, well, none of it was really funny. I mean, I can say no, but, but with betrayal, you don't, you don't trust your betrayer. You don't trust yourself because I'm like, uh, I'm a bright person. How did I not see? How did I not know? So we kind of reason, well, at least I could trust in something other than me. And uh, so we, we trusted God, universe, source, energy, divine something, whatever. And it's interesting because everybody in the study did that same thing, whether they became uh, spiritual, whether they moved towards the spiritual side of their religion, some abandoned religion completely moved towards spirituality. And I, and I get why. And I did the same thing. I was so looking to, to form a foundation of trust again, because my entire world was rocked and foundation was completely shattered. So I found this uh, spiritual counselor who's since become a dear friend and she actually, um, well, you know what, I'll tell the, what happened with the story after, but, but I, one of my first appointments, I walked in and she just starts laughing. Why is she laughing? She said, oh my gosh, how you two planned this. Like planned. I said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You needed something. He needed something so catastrophic to crash and burn so he could truly learn to be the husband, the friend, the father that he's meant to be and you needed something so traumatic so you can heal and then teach from a deep place of knowing you're going to have an institute and books and this big following all around betrayal and I'm like you're crazy you know know, every single thing you know she said happened so uh there was something about that where it was just a seed of what if she's right what if and I'm not really hanging my hat on it but what if she's right wouldn't that be something? Because then I would have this powerful uh, example of like with my family, healing and rebuilding was not an option. And, and with my husband, because of his complete transformation and my transformation, you know, not long ago, we married each other again as two completely different people. Uh, we just happened to have the same kids, you know, but, and so I'm like, well, what, what if, what if? So it's so amazing. And in there's something that happens because it's happened for me too, where it's like, cause you feel like the victim when, when mm-hmm. crazy stuff is going on in your life. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just like, how is this happening to me? And you feel out of control and you feel like this is something happening to you and it's awful and you can't stop it or change it is there's like, like a period where you're in that. Mm-hmm. And then when you finally like have something, someone say something like that to you, like, Oh, you planned this. I remember the moment for myself when I'm like, oh, I, this was orchestrated by me. Like Mm -hmm. I called myself up to learn these lessons and to go through these things. And then all of a sudden the perspective just shifts immediately. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And well, I can't say I'm nearly as evolved as you because it wasn't immediate. (laughs) But what I can say is the injustice of it was eating me up alive. Because I, I live by a very simple rule. If it's going to hurt somebody, don't do it. You know, and, and that's how I live. And so I'm looking at it saying, I've lived an entire lifetime without doing one thing. I can, I mean, that is some track record and I mean it. Not one thing to intentionally hurt another human being. So it's inconceivable to me that someone would do something knowing it would hurt someone. I, I just, I don't know. It, it's a shock to me. And I, I don't know why other people... To me, it's like, I think that's the way everybody needs to live and they just don't. So that's, that was a really big one to wrap my head around and to learn just, I have my own set of rules and that's nice for me, but that doesn't mean 
that's the way the world works. And there was truly something about uh, spirituality saved me. I mean, it saved my family too, because it was like, we were all, I remember the kids, they were like, mom, what if there's something really good that can come of this? What if, what if? You start asking a very different set of questions. Yeah, and how amazing that you also have the perspective of a dynamic where betrayal, you know, people can learn from that and grow from that and come back together. And then sometimes that's not what's in what's right. That's not the healthy choice to make, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you're you other people are not going to grow from that right oh, clearly and here's the thing you know if and this was i remember reading one of the studies where it was saying and i believe you sh you need to forgive anyway because forgiveness is completely for you so if you just exchange the word forgive to reconcile i learned this as if you feel safe and valued and you forgive you feel better. If you do not feel safe and valued and you forgive, you feel worse. But I take it a step further and say, if you feel safe and valued and you reconcile, and that means with a partner, with a friend, with a family member, whatever, if you feel safe and valued and you reconcile, you feel better. If you do not feel safe and valued and you reconcile, you feel worse. And what I, you know, in my instance, like with my family, it was not an option. It just wasn't an option because there was flat out denial, blaming me for things I didn't even say and do. You know, best case, when you're in that scenario, and I know people listening to this, you know, they're, they're trying to prove and exhaust themselves to explain. And I spent years doing that. And I, it is a truly big waste of time. But when the when the, the opportunity lends itself, when someone takes complete and full and total responsibility, and then if you want to, and if you're willing, then it's different. And then that person could have learned the biggest lessons of their lifetime as well. And then you have an opportunity to rebuild something entirely new. So people ask me all the time, you know, after betrayal or when trust is shattered, can it be repaired? And my answer is no. It can't be repaired, but it can be rebuilt, and it's completely up to you. Ooh, I love that answer, and that is so true. It's coming together at a different frequency. It's coming together in a different place because mm -hmm. you both are willing, and you mentioned responsibility too, and that is huge. That's been very true in my experience as well, where if you are dealing with somebody that constantly wants to project and blame and stay stuck in the same kind of toxic spiral, mm -hmm. you, you simply can't be healthy and stay caught up in that. Like you're not going to allow yourself to grow. And so it's being able to, I think, you know, valuable tools like you teach, being able to see it for what it is. Cause, cause we have a lot of programming around people close to us, especially family. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, mm -hmm. and we have, and, and we cause ourselves a lot of harm sometimes because of that programming. Right. right, Because right. we won't allow ourselves to grow beyond a certain system that may be really unhealthy or really toxic. And, and so to be able to step back enough to go, is this person taking responsibility too? Right? Mm -hmm. Is this person willing to communicate at a different level? Is this person growing, going to grow from this, right? Or just project like, mm -hmm. because it's, at some point you have to evaluate, you know, where it is and, and forgiveness, forgive 100% when you get to that place where that's authentic for you. Um, but, but I see sometimes people staying in things um, that where the other person is not willing to do the work. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, you're so right. And your body will always tell you what's going on. You know, check in. How does your body feel? You know it when something doesn't feel right. You'll get a you'll get a sense. You'll feel constricted and, and tight and closed. And, you know, maybe your gut's acting up or something. It will let you know clearly this doesn't feel good. And, and when you walk away from the situation, you know, do you feel spent, exhausted? Uh, you know, you, you just you just don't feel well as opposed to when you spend time with someone who makes you feel really good and you feel energized, having you're feeling better for having spent that time. So there are so many ways to know if, you know, if it's in your best interest or not. But I think what happens with so many of us, this was certainly the case with me, because it's family, we keep, of course, we keep trying. I mean, I'm the most, one of the most family oriented people I know, because it doesn't make sense to me to not be close to family. Uh, so so we make, I think, I know in my case, I was making excuses and thinking, well, maybe it is me. Maybe, I don't know, I don't think so, but maybe it must be. You know, you you do that kind of thing because it just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. But it makes perfect sense because then you have an opportunity. Let's say you were treated a certain way. Like I know with me, you know, I, I grew up with, it was, mental and and emotional abuse. And and then I had my own kids and I thought, okay, well, I can just simply regurgitate what I learned, or I can almost act like a dyslexic almost as if things are jumbled up in my mind and I need to unjumble it. So I don't do the same thing that happened to me. And then it's a gift. Then you're doing something good with it. and, And that's all we can do. Yeah, it's 100% true. And I think you talk about the five stages of going Mm -hmm. from betrayal to breakthrough. And I think it's really important. Like when I created my anatomy of transformation, it became clear to me that like, we need to know where we're at on this spectrum, Mm -hmm. right? Of, Of moving through something like sometimes because we need something to hold on to, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, where is this going? And is there another, is there a next level to this or another stage where I'm going to start to feel better? Or I'm going to start to heal. Mm-hmm. And so I love these five stages. Can you go through and just kind of give us a brief on each of the stages? Sure. And this was one of the three discoveries. And, and this, this was such a shocker when it so obviously showed up. So the first is like a setup stage and, and, This was what I saw with every single study participant, me included. If you imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, every single person in the study had a real heavy lean on the physical and the mental and kind of neglecting the emotional and the spiritual. So what does this look like? It looks like we're really good at thinking and doing, and we're not really prioritizing the feeling and being. We're getting things done. We're we're getting through our day. That's what I saw stage one. Stage two, here's where we're blindsided. And the, you know, that person, takes the mask off saying, no, 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 this is, this is what's been going on. And this is who I've been. And it's a shock to the body, the mind, the worldview, by far the scariest stage. You've ignited the stress response. So you're headed for every single stress related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. This makes no sense. You cannot understand this. And your worldview is shattered. Your worldview are the rules. This person's safe. Don't go here. This is how it works. And in a moment, everything you knew, is completely shattered. The bottom has bottomed out on you. And 
what happens is if the bottom has bottomed out on you, you just want to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three, survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical stage. If you can't help me get out of my way, how will I survive this experience? Who can I trust? It's like that. But here's what happens. Stage three feels so much better than stage two. So when we get to stage three, we think, we've, we think we're good. Right, we, we and we've sort of resigned ourselves to thinking, okay, we've survived that experience. Settle in. This is, you know, and we kind of think like this is as good as it's getting. The transformation hasn't even happened yet, but this is where most people stay. And then what happens is they're not happy with their health, with their relationships, with their out, with their lifestyle, with their lives. So they start using things like food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, anything to numb, avoid, distract. So this is the most common place to get stuck. And people can get stuck here for a lifetime. And we see this all the time. And then add on to that all the benefits, the small self-benefits you get, like you get someone to blame, you get a reason why you're not doing all these things, you get a target for your anger, you know, you, you don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. You're like, I ah, forget it. I'm just going to, I'm stopping right here. Anyway, if you're willing to let go of some of those things that you perceive as benefits and you grieve and mourn the loss and all these things, you can move to stage four. And stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Here's where you're good with it. You're like, no, my old normal doesn't exist anymore. And this is like if you've ever moved into a new house, office, condo. Your stuff isn't there and it's not quite cozy yet, but it's going to be okay. When you're in that mental state, you're telling, you're telling the body, you could turn down the stress response. I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay a little bit here, you know? And what, what was so interesting to this stage too, as well, was that if you were to move, you don't necessarily bring all your stuff with you. You know, you bring the things that represent the version of you you want to be in this new stage. And that's what I saw with regard to friendships. If your friends weren't there for you, here's where you realize I'm not taking you with me you're 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 out that's it new rules if it was a one-sided friendship nope not having it anyway when you're in stage four and you've settled in you've made it okay you've accepted it you 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 know you've settled into it you can move into the fifth most beautiful stage and this is healing rebirth and a new worldview you've turned down the stress response you didn't have the bandwidth for eating well exercise self-love self-care now you do your mind, you're making new rules, new boundaries based on the strength you're feeling, the courage you've, you know, you, you've seen in yourself, and you have a new worldview based on your experience. And the four legs of that table where it was only we were prioritizing the physical and the mental, we're solidly grounded because now we're focused on the spiritual and the emotional too. So beautiful. I mean, you know, like in any transformation, there's that sticky middle part, right? mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's like, it's really like, I think the choice point of like, am I going to go into this new energy, into this new frequency, or am I going to stay stuck, right? Mm -hmm. Holding all of this stuff in my body, in my mind, in my heart, and really just being in some sort of like survival state. Like I just need to, like you said, numb the, mm -hmm. the hard stuff and just kind of get through, just be getting through in life. You know, and it always reminds me of that stage reminds me of like, if, if, you know, if you ever had like a messy room or garage drawer, whatever, you know, you think it's not vying for your attention. Oh, but it is. And you do all you can to avoid that space because you don't like how it feels. So you avoid it. You just don't go in. But then there's that one day 
where you're like, that's it. I'm going in. And you grab your garbage bags and you roll up your sleeves and think about what happens here. It actually looks a lot worse at first because you're making all kinds of piles. I'm going to donate that. I'm going to toss that. I'm going to fix that. Right. And, and then you do and you donate and you toss and you put in the car what you're going to get fixed and all these things. And then you put back what's left and think about it. Now you stand back with pride, admiring your space. Your friends come over. You're like, look at my garage. Like you cannot show that off enough. And it's because you dove in and you did the work. You can't get to that feeling of empowerment, of pride, unless you face it, feel it, heal it. But that's what's waiting for you when you do. So instead of all the numbing and avoiding, when you dive in and you do it, that's when that that really great feeling is earned. Yeah, it's so so true. And you know, just on this simple topic of like cleaning things out, that shifts the energy. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, literally like imagine when we cultivate that within us, right? Emotionally, but even just physically as as simple as the examples you gave of like cleaning out the garage or cleaning out doors, like all of that can like open up energy too. And so in so many different ways, transformation calls us up, right? To that cleaning out Mm -hmm. process. Like, are we willing to go through it and to look at it and to reevaluate it. And like you said, put our life in different piles, right? Mm-hmm. And decide what's a keep, right? And what's not. Like what no longer serves our life and what is something that we can bless it, right? And say, mm-hmm. yes, for a period of time, you were good for me or, or this was part of who I was, but now I'm, I'm moving forward, right? And I'm, I'm going to get rid of this aspect of my life, which then frees up more energy to take better care of yourself, like you said, and, and feel more connected. And so I just think that's a beautiful example. And I just love how you took that example and you made it into this transformational experience, like so way better than the way I originally shared that story. So that was absolutely, you just took it to a whole other level, what each pile represents. Thank you. Yeah, it's so good. We're we're, we're working together. We got some, we got some good stuff here. Um, I love it. I love it. And so, so let's talk about trust just Mm -hmm. for a minute. Like this idea of trusting, because what I've seen in my practice is like in many different ways, even in our very young life, we have trust broken, right? Mm -hmm. We go through these experiences of of trust in little and big ways Mm -hmm. um, being broken. And so I'm just wondering with the book, you know, Trust Again, where you're really looking at like this this idea of trust, what is it that has us like not trust and not trust not only other people, but like not trust ourselves? Yeah, that's such a great question. And and here's the thing too, it doesn't even have to be the big traumatic experiences. It could be something, you could have been a little kid and and your parent or guardian said they would pick you up at a certain time and they they were stuck in traffic and they were 10 minutes late. And that broke trust where you said, they're not there for me when I need them. Whatever. It could be something like that and what you made of it, the meaning you you made out of it. So it's it's when you had that expectation and it was broken. And what happens is you this this may have happened, an experience may have happened decades ago. But based on that, think about how if you revisit it over and over and over, you've given meaning to it. You've you've now added some feeling and some emotion to it. Now your mind's like, oh, I didn't realize you wanted me to think about this all day. No worries. Go about your thing. I'll just, you know, I'll just put this in your subconscious and act on it all day long. So so then your entire life 
on some measure here is a representation of you not trusting. Because think about it, there may be a, a, a joint venture opportunity or a collaborative opportunity or uh, an opportunity to trust yourself, but you don't. And this is all based on that, that perception from when you were a little kid. So it all needs to be addressed and it all needs to heal because if you don't heal that and you don't have that, that level of safety and security and trust, you know, it's a life half lived because life is about relationships, these deep relationships with intimacy and connection. And we're really depriving ourselves if we, if we don't heal it so we don't get there. It's so true. It's so true. And the title of the book, I just want to say it again, is Trust Again, Overcoming Betrayal and Regaining Health, Confidence, and Happiness. Such such an important topic, such an important piece of work. Thank you for writing the book, for one. Um, you guys can obviously get this on Amazon or wherever you get books. And I want to ask you our four questions to close mm -hmm. out that we ask all of our guests, just an opportunity for you to share, you know, just about your personal journey. And, and we ask this based on the anatomy of transformation, which is a process that I take people through. And the first question is about truth, that when we discover a new big truth, it can be a catalyst in our life. Life. It can have us, you know, looking in new ways or having a new perspective. And so is there a big truth that you've come across maybe even recently on your journey that was a catalyst for you? Uh, yeah, I didn't realize the, the power of love and forgiveness. It was just, those were just words uh, until my experience, but the, the, the depths of pain and, um, and what, what you're willing to go through for yourself just to see what you're what you're made of and what you're what you're willing to put yourself through to get to the other side of your trauma self-love self-forgiveness all of that i had no idea how powerful that was yeah it's so beautiful and the second question is about release so for you personally like what needed to be released whether it's limiting beliefs or perceptions or old wounds for you to really feel that depth of love? You know, this is going to sound really crazy, but it's like I'm in a club I never wanted to be in. I never wanted this on my resume, you know? Um, but I'm looking at it like it's serving so many people through my example and through the work we do within our community. So, you know, in a nice way, get over myself and and release release that I don't have a a perfect record of this relationship where nothing bad ever happened. Oh my gosh. I love it. And isn't it true? Like, well, we're so busy wanting to like have it be perfect or the way we wanted it to be. The true gold is in you sharing the story, right? The true mm. gold for other people and really in your own life. Like it created a whole, you know, world and mission for you that obviously was planned before you came here. But mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. all of that is where is where the goodness resides. And I think that's yeah. beautiful. And what has your experience been, which is really like our experience changes when we, when we release, right? And, mm -hmm. and so what has your experience been as you started to share more and bigger in the world? Ugh. Just, just a love and a connection for just for everyone. I mean, I know we all go through our 
our own traumas, whatever they, whatever they are, whatever it is in our lives. And I, I look at people so differently. I, I really look at it like, you know, someone awake and aware wouldn't hurt a fly. So someone doing something, causing harm to someone clearly needs that wake up call and their actions are probably just what they need to head them right for that. So I, I learned to let go of a lot of the judgment, uh, and, and just to come from a place of love and service. Mm, so beautiful. And lastly, what is it that keeps you in alignment, that keeps you at a high frequency, whether it's practices or rituals or ways of being in the world? You know, I, I really try to, I, I check my energy before I do most things. And, um, and, I, and I, I don't know, it's a very quick process, but I try to be on the receiving end of my energy and say, how would, how would that feel? Um, and, and sometimes, you know, it takes me a, a little bit of a, I'll take a, I'll take some time just to get myself into that place. So that person I'm speaking with feels because everything is energy. We feel it. So they feel, you know, how much I really want to help them or how much I care about them or whatever it is. I, I want to make sure that feeling comes across. Mm. So beautiful. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you for sharing about your new book, Trust Again. And just thank you for being you and teaching about this. I think, you know, when we bring the tough stuff into the light is where it can heal. And so thank you for being a messenger for this. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the work you do. I'll never forget reading your book and my daughter read it and it blew both of our minds wide open. So beautiful work you're doing as well. Ah, thank you. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes. Mm-hmm.